And Salam. Salam, Salam, Salam. And of course, Salam, y'all. And you can purchase this T-shirt. Just go to our, our website, empowermentfaith.org. And, and you will get the information on how to attain it, as well as connect with us. I'm Dr. Larry. Appreciate you so much. Uh, we have, a once again, a powerful uh, teaching that's really going to educate you, that's going to bring you out of some traditional religious ways, and also put you in a place whereas you can have better equipment and tools to carry out the kingdom mandate. Now, what we're going to get into uh, is this particular area that's very, it's not controversial, but it's totally against uh, the grains of religion and church creeds and doctrines and the way things have been taught down through the years. Also, if you're on our YouTube channel, don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe to our channel. Hit the uh, bell at the top. You subscribe every time we come on. Uh, you'll be notified. That way, that way you'll keep up with everything that we're teaching. We've already prayed and we're believing uh, the Holy Spirit to uh, minister this word through us, that you would be impacted, that the word would be illuminated in your mind, that you have a complete comprehensive understanding of what Holy Spirit is teaching us. He is our governor. That's right. Yeshua sent the governor back to the earth, whose responsibility is to conform us to the image and likeness of the Father and the kingdom government, the kingdom culture, the kingdom laws, the kingdom principles and precepts that were initially created and established to govern our lives and to carry out the will of the Father. All right, so let's get right into uh, what we're dealing with. Let's get right into it here. And um, of course, uh, you see the topic here, and that is Greco-Roman colonization of the Bible. Expose the name. So that's what we're gonna deal with, that word name and other names that's in the Bible that, was, that uh, was put there by English translators uh, getting that from the Greeks and the Romans definition of terms and definition of words. So that's what we're dealing with right here. Now, the first thing uh, I want you to know this, that the Bible is what it, the word Bible means book of books. That's what it means, book of books. And when you look at it and, and do your research, do your study and see how it was formulated, it was formulated by the a Roman government, the Roman Catholic Church, which is a product of the Roman government, uh, bishops appointed and uh, apostles, Greek terms appointed uh, by those governors in Rome, Caesar, let me put it like that, of those who were ruling the government. So religion and state, uh, it was merged together. Church and state, that's how it started off, <clears throat> being merged together. <clears throat> and they had councils, one of them in the seal council, well, Constantine them, <clears throat> and the spiritual advisors and what have you, they got together and they decided what books uh, from the scrolls, the Hebrew scrolls are already written, would be placed in the book of books that they would use for the religion that was created. That's how it came about. Many books were left out, many writings were left out, books were burned, books were thrown away, all kind of stuff. So today... We don't have all of the scriptures or writings of Elohim. You need to know that. We don't have it all. A lot of people know it, and uh, some come into the knowledge of it, but deny the truth because of the tradition of mankind. So we are challenging all of that because there need to be uh, truth taught, period. Truth taught, period. Colonization servers divorces truth from the product that it produced. Colonization changed names with server identity, lineage, ancestry, and things like that. That's what colonization do, uh, does. And that's what happened with the Bible. And of course, you know, what's called the New Testament was a phrase coined by Bishop Melito. That's right, a Roman Catholic bishop of the Roman Catholic Church of Sardis around 150 AD. See, he coined that term uh, New Testament. However, in the English Bible, the New Testament term come from Romans and Greeks. It didn't come from the Hebrews. No, it didn't come from the Holy Spirit. And uh, um, when they translated it, they translated it from a Greek and Latin language, not the original writer's language, the original thinker's language, or the original Hebrew text. They took it and brought it from there because, again, Rome colonized 
the religion, one of the major dominant Christian religion was colonized by Rome and Greece. So you have to have those concepts in mind uh, as we are teaching those precepts you receive and they become your concept and that'll help you actually understand uh, why it's so important that we deal with this name exposed, that we deal with that. All right, now, here's some misconceptions. Misconceptions produce misunderstandings by way of indoctrination. What is indoctrination? Receiving doctrine, which is teachable substance, without challenging it or testing it. The uh, believers, the ambassadors, the saints at Berea were more no, noble, Sheol said, than the other uh, congregations around there. Why? Because they search the scriptures, not the Bible. They search the scriptures daily to determine whether or not what was being taught was in fact truth. Catch this. The scriptures they were searching uh, was not the New Testament. The scripture they were searching uh, was the Tanakh composed of the Torah, the uh, Nevim and the Kentuvim. That's how they validated the Messianic teachings. That's how they validate the teaching of Yeshua, the teaching of the uh, uh, 12 emissaries. Emissaries are uh, representatives of a nation, they're ambassadors. That's The word uh, apostle is a Greek uh, context. It's not the original uh, context of the Hebrew word, shalak. Okay, so when you say ambassadors, priests, ambassadors, representative, they are synonymous terms. Okay, so indoctrination is a hideous, hellish, poisonous tool that's been used to produce ignorance in saints. <clears throat> Doctrine is teachable substance. Doctrine uh, is teachable substance, okay? Three primary things doctrine determine in everybody's life, whether you're born again, you're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, or whether you're living a rebellious life <clears throat> against the laws of the kingdom, the government of the kingdom, the will of the Father, and you are a part of the powers of darkness because Satan, Lucifer, no longer has a kingdom. He, that dominion was taken back from him that the first Adam gave to him by the last Adam. Okay, so... Uh, <clears throat> When you uh, understand that, let me see what I was doing. You understand that uh, it'll get you to the point whereas you'll be able to make that uh, transition, you know, and get what you need to learn. Now, let's go back here uh, to our notes. Let's go back here to our notes. All right, now, so misunderstanding. I was talking about doctrine. That's right, doctrine. Let me, let me, let me. Doctrine. Let's hit this. Doctrine produced three primary things in a person's life. Their character, that's who you are in the light as well as in the darkness, in the public as well as in private, uh, your behavior. And the behavior is a product of culture also. Culture is a set of common beliefs and, and behavior. And your destiny, that's where you're going, the direction you are taking. All of that comes by way of what we are hearing and receiving. See, you can hear it and not receive it. Once you hear a original idea, which is a precept, you accept it as a thought. Uh, that's the idea crystallizing your mind and it becomes your concept and your concepts produce convictions. That's what you believe. Convictions are set of what? The original ideals that we accepted, that we think about and the scripture as a person think that's the way that they act. So the way all people act is a product of doctrine. That's why I want to get that to you like that. So indoctrination is receiving a precept <clears throat> and not challenging or discerning it. Now, if a person don't have the spirit of truth in them, they have do they are absent of the necessary tools to discern truth. There's the word of truth and the spirit of truth. And a lot of people say, I don't believe that. I don't think that's right. And you don't you, you ain't even been, you're not born again. It's foolishness to you. Though the scripture said, uh, say in Corinthian uh, chapter two, that the spiritual things of Elohim at Ahaya, Esher, Ahaya, Yah, uh, Yahweh, Yeshua, uh, the Father, Creator, uh, those uh, spiritual things and doctrine that come from Him are foolish to the natural man. The natural man is a person who is still walking, uh, living in a state of rebellion. His spirit have not been born again. They are still cut off from eternal life from the Father. And they are living by the dictates of the flesh and the dictates of darkness. All right. So the scriptures say 
uh, a person that's void of truth can't, how can we discern truth if we don't have truth in it? That's what I'm going to get at. Can't discern truth if you don't have truth. So uh, when when you're receiving teaching and there you're not checking it and just receiving it because that's part of the culture, then you're a product of tradition. And Oban Marcus, uh, Yeshua said, the tradition of man is what makes the word of Elohim non-effective to the people who are hearing the word because the traditions are set up as strongholds and self-imposed ideals and thoughts that people are not willing to exchange. The first public message that Yeshua taught in Matthew called Matthew, you see, his real name is Matthew 4 and 17. He said, you got to change the way that you think because another government, the government of the kingdom of heaven is back on earth in me. The laws, the precepts, the culture, the will, the plan, the agenda of the father who created their earth, created man. You know, all of that is back in the presence of me being uh, the father's representative or the last Adam. See, some people say second Adam, but it, it wasn't a second. He was the last. Okay, now let's look at this. So uh, misconceptions. Let me see. Did I go too far? No. Okay, here's some things. Misconceptions produce misunderstandings uh, by way of indoctrination. That's, how, that's why I want to spend that time on what indoctrination is so you know you understand that. And you know, in the entertainment industry, many people have been indoctrinated or are being indoctrinated by rappers, singers, celebrities, athletes, whatever they think, see, and do, people automatically conform to it and buy their products, put the shirts on their backs, and dress like they do, never checking anything. You see, that's dangerous, very dangerous. Now, we're dealing with the name. We want to expose this word name and why is N-A-M-E in there and not the proper word or the original word in there, and why is J-E-S-U-S in there and not the original name that the father himself gave to Miriam to name his son. See, even people, Rome even changed, <laughs> changed what the father uh, said. I mean, you know, you know that's hideous, but you never thought about it like that. The father creator gave his son a name when he came into earth. And then the Roman government changed the name uh, to Jesus. And then the English translators changed that to an English name, Jesus. And most people are uh, uh, critical and, and you get mad now already, but I'm going to ask you to just settle down and listen and learn something that that was not the name that the father gave to his son. And you have no right to change that. People are bold. But that's the error and poison of a religious mindset. All right. Now, three things praying we're going to deal with. One of them is praying in the name versus praying in the authority, praying in the name, because that's as written in the Bible versus praying in the authority. Number two, praising or blessing the name versus praising who the Father is in his glory, his honor, his majesty, and his reputation. What a wonderful name it is. What a one, what name, what, who are you talking about? The name of Jesus. Who is Jesus? Okay. I mean, what? So I can put J-E-S-U-S -S on a person and that should drive a demon out of them. Or well, I should be able to just take J-U-S -S and show it to somebody, uh, show it to poison, and it should kill it, you see, because that's what's being done. Well, I got saved. No, you didn't. No, you did not. Even in the ignorant state of belief, the Father had mercy because he know that you are believing in his son and not just a J-E-S-U-S. He know that, and he had mercy on us because of our ignorance, and I'm thankful that he did. But now, when knowledge comes, we have responsibility to change. Tradition days are over. Ignorance are over. Now, the scripture says, if any man uh, want to be ignorant, let it be ignorant still. Ignorant means uh, to have a lack of knowledge concerning a particular area of teaching. All right? So, you know, the music industry, they messed that all up from day one. And, you know, our music is, it goes into your system without permission, and whatever is attached to it goes there. And it become a part of who you are. So it's hard to get that out. I know it is. Most songs say the name. They won't say Yeshua or say the, I mean, authority. That's what he was talking about. Or his character and reputation. That's what he was talking about. And we're going to get to that in teaching in a minute. I don't want to get hung up right there. Okay, number three. The third, 
objective we have, <clears throat> we're going to deal with, is taking dominion in a name instead of taking dominion through the authority that has been given. Okay, three powerful things. Praying in the name versus praying authority. Praying, praising or blessing the name versus praising who the Father is in his glory, his honor, his majesty, his reputation. And then taking dominion in a name instead of taking dominion through the authority that has been given. All right, now these misconceptions, I know these misconceptions produce misunderstandings. Get this, which come from mistranslations, transliterations, colonization of Greek Roman theology upon the scriptures that were translated and placed in the Bible. If 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 everybody I'm talking to right now could get that, if we if you just stop and just listen and get that. That'll set you free from religious confinements. That'll cause you to walk in freedom from indoctrination. That'll break those religious spirits that Yeshua hated, by the way, that's set up in you right now. You're born again and full of religion. And the religious people, religious doctrine, were the greatest contenders, resistors, and rebellious ones against Yeshua when he brought the kingdom of heaven back on earth, when he began to teach the true uh, message of the gospel of the kingdom. Because, you know, uh, religion only teach getting saved to go to heaven. I got, I got news for you. Man was never created to live in heaven. We were created to live on earth. That's why we exchanged church membership for a kingdom citizenship. We're not focusing on dying or living right. So when I die, I go to heaven. We're focusing on bringing heaven to earth and that lifestyle that I'm living will be the same lifestyle I live throughout eternity. See, there's a big difference there. And we want to um, just bring you out of there. Everybody, you know, a lot of people are coming out and some are throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I know that some of them get, some people are offended because they find out the truth and, and they uh, they just lost sheep out there out of order, no shepherd, no congregation, just doing their own thing. And that's that's a tremendous error, especially all intelligent folk with money. You are the main ones that's doing it. OK, now let's let's get back there again. Let's go back there again. All right. Now. Uh, let's continue to read this. None of them are based on truth and the original mandate for mankind in the earth. The tradition of religious teaching causes the pure word of Elohim to be of none effect. Cause the pure word of Elohim to be of none effect. So these three objectives we have, these statements of truth that we just stated by given by the Holy Spirit are the precepts. These are precepts, uh, how things begin and how to get uh, where they were that we need to understand and we need to know. Okay, now. Here's the original authority given to man was kingdom authority. The original authority given to man was kingdom authority. Okay. Now, here we are. Barashit. That's the Hebrew word for beginning. You can say that. You know what that means. Barashit, 126. Then Elohim said, let us make mankind in our image. I was tending to use the other translation so I can show you where there are translations that put the names back. And I would encourage you to go to the uh, the scriptures, 2009 translation, uh, some of the, uh, what you call the European Jewish Bibles, they have them in there. Messianic translations have the names in there, you know, decolonizing from Rome and Greek. So I'm going to read the names like they are in the original. Then Elohim said, let us make man in our image and our likeness so that they may rule. You see that word rule so that they may rule. This is the original. Uh, this is the precept. Uh, that authority is based on. A precept is the original idea that the Father had in mind. Sep is pre, uh, uh, excuse me, pre is before sep means thought. Just like con means to go together with, agree with, and sep is a, is a word for thought. So we're still dealing with the thoughts. That they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, livestock over the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Through the authority of Yeshua, the dominion has been given back to mankind 
that has been regenerated and washed through the blood of Yeshua. Because men are still deny Yeshua as being Lord and deny what he did when he came into earth. They call it a fairy tale because it's in the Bible. Brother is in the scriptures before the Bible was invented. It's right there, all through the scriptures. You, you can't deny it. You can't miss it. Uh, you go to the ancient African Hebrew scriptures, you will find it. You go to the ancient African Madu Nida, which is pic pictorial language, you will find it. All right. So I understand why y'all hollering, screaming about these uh, uh, European, Western, Roman dominated colon uh, scriptures. I mean, translation. I got that. Now, this word here, Radha, is the original thought that the father had in his mind. All right. Radha, Radha. That's that word, Ru, uh, in the Hebrew. Spell Resh, Dalet, Hai. All right. Now, resh, one of the meanings for resh, the letter the, uh, in the Hebrew language is very powerful. Each letter is not a letter or a character. They are words. You spell them out. Isn't that something amazing, isn't it? Each one also has a picture, a numerical value, a musical note, a color. All of that goes uh, with it in the uh, Hebrew language. Now, resh, one of the meanings of resh is ruler or prince. You see, ruler or prince. Now, Dalet has several meanings because when you spell them out, you get all the extended meaning out of it. Now, Dalet, uh, one of the meanings is access or pathway, entryway, permission, you see, a open portal, you see. All right. And then high mean a revelation of what's in heaven in the earth, or it also means to reveal. So rule from this Hebrew letter word mean is telling us this is a prince, a the revelation of the heavenly prince that have access to the authority that has been given by heaven, you see. Now, we have been uh, delegated as rulers or prince or king in there, if you can put it like that. And we are the ones who have access once you're born again, then you get that access restored uh, as revealed from heaven. See, the authority and domain that we operate in on earth is the same way it operates in heaven. And it means, and the lexicon definition means to rule, rule over, dominate, direct, lead, control, subdue, manage, or govern. Now notice what he said to govern. All creation and not to exclude mankind. So there is there is no superior race that that's demonic that that's a product that doctrine come directly from old Lucifer, the fallen Malak himself. Y'all call them angels, the fallen spiritual being, the rebellious spirit. That's where that idea come from. And that idea is a part of the Greek theory in terms of leadership that you have to be European in appearance and a descendant of Europe, a Europeans in order to be in leadership, everybody else were made to be subordinate. This is why in America, which is an extension of Rome, an extension of the Roman government, you can talk all you want to, it's based on Roman law. You go down to court right now, you're gonna see buildings look like Roman basilicas and everything is set up like Rome. All right, this, let's just wake up. All right, it's based on that. This is why you have so much racial suppression and hatred in America and in the religious religious institution in America. Man was never given that authority. We are supposed to, all of us, not a select group, all of us were given that authority. And now, of course, you know, mankind fail. And Yeshua, the last Adam, the father's representative in the earth, one of the reasons he came back in the earth was to restore that dominion, that authority back to those who would become citizens of the, not everybody, those who would become citizens of the kingdom of heaven, be born again, be washed uh, and regenerated by the washing of the Holy Spirit to be regenerated, to become a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a called out people who should declare the praises of him who called him out of darkness, you see it, ignorance, into the marvelous light, which is knowledge of the kingdom receive that spiritual dominion back. Everybody haven't received that spiritual dominion back. Only those that I mentioned that qualify that came through uh, Yeshua himself. Okay, now, uh, let's look at the notes again. 
All right. So that's the original mandate. That's the original idea the father had in mind uh, when he said, let them have dominion. And notice when he did that, he had to back out. Because when you look at a kingdom concepts, uh, you can't have two kings in the same territory. So everything on earth was given to mankind. The heaven is the law of it. He have given the earth to the children of men. Oh, you see it? All right. Now let's continue on. We need to get this. This is the foundation that uh, you need, whereas you will get a clear, comprehensive understanding of what authority is and what a name is. All right. Here's another word uh, for dominion or authority and a sultan. Now, uh, should, uh, yeah, yeah, sultan. Now, I'm not going to go through each Hebrew. They, I'm tempted now because <laughs> I see some good stuff in there. Uh, get our book, Keys of Revelation. I give you the definition of each Hebrew letter word. You pray. Seek Holy Spirit, and he'll illuminate that to you. All right. And it means dominion. And here we find in Daniel 7 and 14, where it said he was given authority. You see, authority, glory, and sovereign power. See, that's that royal rule, that royal dominion. All nations and peoples of every language worship him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Now, what authority do you think he's making reference to? And who do you think he is talking about having sovereign power over? Talking about Yeshua, Lord, Yeshua, Yahweh, Yeshua, you see, the son of Elohim, the, the same one who came into the earth to get the, that dominion back and give it back to man. That's what he's talking about. And then here's another Hebrew word, Malku. Uh, for authority. Uh, that's a good one too. That meum is anointing. That's the spirit of life. Now, Lamed in both of these words, one in meaning for Lamed, that's the second letter. Hebrew goes from right to left. So that second letter reading from right to left in both these words is Lamed. And one of the meanings of Lamed is authority. Authority. It also means to control. It also means shepherd. Yes, yes, it does. It means shepherd also. All right, now, so um, let's read the scripture because I get tired up here. I start giving every meaning of it. Even as the words were on his lips, a voice came from heaven. This is what is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, here we go. Your royal authority has been taken from you. You see, this talking about King Nebuchadnezzar. You know what happened to him. He, he went crazy and went out there with the cows and stuff, living with the cows, eating grass, you know, uh, <clears throat> moving like a cow and stuff. Uh, because of what he did. And the father said, I'm going to show you something. You know, since you are dealing direct with my people and I gave you what you got, I'm going to show you something, bro. Fingernails grow long. He was just a wild man out there. <laughs> and that's awesome. Uh, uh, what happened? That actually happened also. All right. So these are two words dealing with authority. All right. Now, this we want to get into. Um, but we needed that foundation in order to say what I'm about to say, teach what I'm about to teach. The Hebrew word for name and authority are two different words in the Hebrew, not the Greek, not the English. All right. Because English name means just what it means. What's your name, Larry? What's your last name? I don't know. I thought about it. I stepped out on the porch this morning. I said, you know what? I need to go and change my name because I don't want my lineage to go to some plantation and find my people name on some book saying they was a dishwasher, a cotton picker, and don't have no name, you know. And I think I'm going to move on with that just for that purpose. All right, so the Hebrew word for name and authority are two different words. Uh, Yeshaya, and some pronounce it Yashiahu. Uh, 33 and 6, the colonizers changed his name to Isaiah. All right, you can say Yahashia or Yashiahu. We can say that just like we can say all this other stuff. But notice that the Romans and the Greeks... They wanted to serve the true identity of, of these people. So they changed the names in order to do that, just like it changed everything else. You have to understand that it's very powerful principle. Now, it says wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. We got to get stable and solid. We can't attain that continuing on with the false doctrine, being indoctrinated with stuff that's not true and said, because I'm a Hebrew, I mean, a, a Yehudite, that's the actual word for Jew, a European Yehudite or African Yehudite, I'm a Christian, I'm a Muslim, whatever you might be, 
you, just because of your religion, it it take priority over truth. Just like people in certain groups and these secret societies and stuff that take precedence over the word and over truth. Even with the uh, political leaders we have, both of them were notorious for putting black men and women in jail. And just because the vice president is a part of this uh, society, all of those supported and glorified and so happy about it. And and she she did your people like that. That's how poison indoctrination is. And that's how hideous tradition is. Self-imposing something that doesn't matter over the man and the woman that father creating his own image in terms of being treated fair and like a human being. It's terrible. It's totally terrible. We said wisdom and knowledge would be the stability of your times and the strength of salvation. The fear of Yahweh is his treasure. And that fear is not talking about a dreadful fear. It's talking about reverence, talking about reverence. All right. So now let's look at the original word in the Hebrew for name. And it is Shem. The original word in the Hebrew for name is Shem. All right. This is very important. Now, there are several ways this word has been translated, in fact, produces a misconception of the thought, which is the original idea of the Heavenly Father creator. See, there's misconceptions based on the translation, because the actual that word, when you see in the name of Jesus in the Bible, that's a transliteration. It's not it don't even mean what the original meant. It doesn't at all. All right. Uh, now, misconceptions produce misunderstandings. That's why people get misunderstandings, which leads to the wrong way of thinking. As a person think, that's the way that they are. And one sure sign of being religious is being argumentative, want to debate, and want to fight when you hear something that don't, doesn't agree with already what's already in your belief system. And it's not even truth. It's religion. It's religion. Truth doesn't operate like that. We always combat error with truth. That's why I tell people I don't debate. I was on a couple of people's social media platform. I said, I'm not coming on a debate. I'm not doing that. You know, and some tried to do that. I said, I, I told you, you know, sir, uh, ma'am, whoever you may be, I don't debate. If you don't have truth in you, then you can't agree with truth. I'm giving you the truth. There's up to you what you do with it. You don't have to believe me, believe nothing. You can stay like you are. And I appreciate you giving me the same respect. And I had to shut that down. And we went right on. All right. Now, misconceptions produce misunderstanding, at least the wrong way of thinking, uh, uh, leads to the wrong way of thinking. Uh, now, here's a note here. If you look at, and I got this, this word shim spelled out here so you can look at it. Shin mim. And I also got the ancient African Hebrew uh, writings on it, on the bottom here. I mean, those second letters, you'll see that in a moment. All right. So shin mim. Now, in the modern Hebrew, they changed that mem to a closed mem because the ancestors knew that mem had uh, two uh, two meanings, uh, several meanings. One is chaos in the spirit realm because mem uh, means the spirit of life. That's why water is the ancient African Hindu uh, neither a pitcher. Pitcher of water is to note life. You remember Yeshua said on the feast way of coming up, uh, Sukkot, on the last day, the great day of the Feast of Sukkot, Yeshua uh, spoke out and said, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. Because he was the one that would give back to us eternal life. You know, he said, out of his belly flow rivers of living water. All right. So mem uh, means out of order in the spirit realm. And it means the anointing, the spirit of life and anointing are synonymous terms. The spirit and the power of the anointing. It's not just great, massive power. It's the power of the anointing the power of the life-giving spirit, all right? And then, uh, of course, when it's closed, is denoting a spiritual mystery being revealed. See, when something is a secret, it's only revealed to those who have what? Authority or, or permission. Now, uh, think about this. Think about this thought here. Uh, uh, Shem, you know, you had uh, Abel, and then Cain killed Abel, then he had Shem. Now, his name was, that's his, that's how he spelled his name, Shem, Shem, Mim. All right. Now, that's the, that's the lineage that Yeshua and the tribe of Yehuda came, that was established through, through Shem, you see. So even with naming Shem, the spiritual secret that was hidden in his seed 
was Yeshua, the last Adam, who came into the earth to restore all mankind. That's why his name was Shem. I want to share that with you. And that's that's going to bless your socks off. I know you're already jumping and shouting. I'm trying to sit down too. All right, now. <clears throat> so she and men, we see this. That's name. So also it means to uh, destroy chaos because one of the meanings for Mem is chaos, things being out of order. And another meaning for Shem is to, uh, I mean, Shen. I'm, why am I saying Shem? I mean, Shen is to destroy, consume. Shen, I, I was working on Mem, that's that's why. Now I'm on the meaning of Shem. One of the meanings of Shem, Shen is to destroy or consume. Uh, Shen also means the provider of peace and protection who have the authority and power to consume everything, to provide all the peace you need, to provide all the protection uh, that we need. Shen, that's the father. He's the guardian of Yisrael. He's the guardian of the citizens of the kingdom of heaven. He is our guardian. He is our provider. He provides our peace and our protection. Protection. So that's what uh, Shem means in, in the extended definition and when you get a full comprehensive understanding. All right, so the name, so that what naming is either, uh, and when it's connected to a word that means authority, it's talking about to destroy chaos or a uh, provider of peace and protection, peace, provider of peace and protection who has been revealed in a lineage, all right? And normally when they name their children, their names denoted their destiny and the mandate or the anointing that would be on their lives, you see. All right. Now, so here we have it right here, Mim. Now you see that Mim, that first one, I mean, Shin, that first Shin is a modern Hebrew, that second Shin, reading from right to left, that's the ancient Hebrew. It looked like a teeth because the ancient African Medu neither is in the picture language, a picture of a tooth. All right. And it's the same. In the morning, it's a picture of a tooth. All right, now, and it means to consume, I just said, that or destroy, making reference to the provider of peace, protection, and provision who has the power to do all the above. And I just gave you, in terms of a name like Larry, you know, or something like that, uh, what's revealed, what's spiritual uh, secret, what's, what's the spiritual uh, connotation attached to my life and my destiny, okay? Because, again, in the ancient African Hebrew culture, they would name their children based on their destiny, you see. All right, now, uh, and here we have Mim, which I already given you, and you see that first, reading from right to left, that first Mim, that's a Morton Hebrew, <clears throat> that second one is the ancient, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm gonna need that drink, <clears throat> the ancient Hebrew. And it's the spirit of life <clears throat> or the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And <clears throat> the power of the spirit also means chaos, lawlessness, and iniquity. There we go. Now that's the word name that when you look in the uh yes, I'm <clears throat> when you look in the uh, <clears throat> when you look in the um uh, the <clears throat> Hebrew original language, that's how it's applied. Now we're gonna look at the application of it. But when you look at the translation in the Bible, it's supposed to be authority and not name. You see, that's that's a huge error. It makes a big difference. Now, and Kohelet translated Ecclesiastes, transliterated Ecclesiastes 7, 1, it says, a good name is better than fine perfume and the day of death better than the day of birth. Because, <laughs> you know, Gersha talks about, you know, Solomon, when he got drunk, he still was smart as a tag. He said, listen, when you born, a man full of misery. And we look at a baby, of old man, the life and the stuff they got to go through. It's, it's, it's just go through it and go and die and go into eternity, 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 bliss living with the Father. All right. But this is where this word is used, talking about a, a better, a good name. And in, in this in this meaning here, it means a good name or good reputation. It's not talking about authority, name or reputation. And then Mishleah, uh, transliterating Proverbs, no, here we go again. A good name is more desirable desirable than great riches to be esteemed is better than silver and gold. A good what? Reputation. Because even if you're broke, if your reputation there, 
people invest into you. You can get loans on your reputation. Listen, we're in business. We've been entrepreneurs, uh, shoot, a long time, uh, over right at 30, 30 years or so. But anyway, uh, we have gotten uh, money on reputation. I mean, I, I've had people at the bank say, hey, I see this, I see that, I see the other, but because of who you are and your reputation, I'm going to let you have this money. That's what he's saying. A good name, a good reputation is better than silver or gold. Now, when you said in the name of Jesus, are you talking about a good name, reputation or what? You don't know because it's a bad translation. It's not accurate. It's not truth. All right. Let's look at another one. A bad name or reputation. So when you see the word name, a bad name or reputation to borrow 2214 and slanders her and gives her a bad name is the same Hebrew word shim. A bad name saying, if I married this woman, but when I approached her, I did not find proof of her virginity. And, the, and Nehemiah uh, 6 and 13, he has been hired to intimidate me so that I would commit a sin by doing this. And then they would give me a bad name to discredit me. Now, we know what a good name, how valuable a good name is. I'm just dealing with the word name. Haven't even got to authority, but that's what's in the Bible. Name, not authority. All right. A celebrated name of fame, Yerma Yahu, uh, transliterate, they gave him an English name, Jeremiah. Yeah, I guess he's an Englishman, I guess. Uh, you perform signs and wonders in um, ancient Misurim. That's a, Egypt is Misurim, uh, ancient Kemet is the oldest name, and have continued them to this day in Yisrael and among all mankind and have gained the renown, I put it in there, name, Shem, that is still yours. That's the Hebrew word, Shem. Bereshit 11 and 4. They, then they said, come let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a what? Name, not authority, name, a celebrated name of fame for ourselves. Otherwise, we'd be scattered all over the first, uh, face of the earth. And you're seeing consistently what that word name actually means. So the, the name in the Bible in the New Testament is not a translation from the Hebrew word for name in the original text. It's the wrong word is what I'm getting at. And it does matter. Before I heard that. It does matter. That's why you're stuck in the rut and you're thinking. All right, here's the name used as character, honor, or glory. Tehillim, 9 and 10. Those who know your name, what does it mean? It's translated in the English name, but it's the Hebrew word for character, honor, and glory. Those who know your character, honor, and glory trust in you. For you, Yahweh, have never forsaken those who seek you. Tehillim 5 and 11. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them. That those who love your character, honor, glory may rejoice. That's, those are the words that's supposed to be in here. Because when you look at the Hebrew word shem, and you look at the lexicon, lexicon meaning, that's what he's talking about. Character, honor, and glory. So instead of blessing the name, bless the character, honor, and glory of Yeshua. But that traditional stronghold, Greco-Roman stronghold is in there, you know. And you got all these songs about name. What are you talking about? Well, I'm not fussing at you. If you don't know better, you never could do better. But once you find out what's better, then you do better. You, you make the change. The change has to be made because it was constantly promoting error, constantly promoting lies and songs and teaching and music and things of this nature. All right. Yeheskel, call Ezekiel, Yeheskel. You will know that I am Yahweh when I deal with you for my what? Character, for my honor and my glory sake and not according to your evil ways and your corrupt practices, you people of Yisrael, declares a sovereign, Yehovah. You, you see that? He said, I'm dealing with you. For my, it's, it's because of who I am, my honor, my weight, my, my culture. You know, another word for glory is culture. Uh, who I am all the time and I never change. It's based on me, not you, you see. But the translators put name in there and threw everybody off, you see. So I understand why. Uh, all those songs are like that. Here's another word name. Blot out the name from any person or thing in memory. That doctrine, that demonic doctrine, once saved, always saved, this blows that out the water. Because, you know, 
when he said blot, blot out the name, this talking about the memory. Well, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. And no, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. One saved. No, it doesn't work like that. He said he can and will blot it out. Look at this. You have rebuked the nations and destroyed the wicked. You have blotted out their memory forever and ever. Properly translated. You have blotted out their memory. Look at Hazan three and five. The one who is victorious, not, not one save, always save again. The one who is victorious will like them be dressed in white. It's a qualification here. I mean, here it is. Everybody won't make the celebration when the overcoming ambassadors are called uh, to receive rewards and, and praises for being consistent and consistent and carrying out the mission. Everybody's not going to, and everybody is not going to help he said, those who is victorious will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out their memory of that person from the book of life. Y'all want the book of dead? Y'all take it. I'm going with life. But will acknowledge that memory before my fathers and his malakams. This is Hazan, and he was dealing with those overcoming ambassadors, uh, in those seven congregations uh, around the area of North Africa and Europe, not the Middle East. Middle East, that that's that was again Europeans, in specific. World War II co correspondents came up with that name when they put in the Suez Canal, Suez Canal, to continue to serve the um, the truth that those were black folk living. That's Northeast Africa. Is not the Middle East. All right, that's history that you should know. All right, now let's get to the word authority and we're gonna run out of time. It's gonna be a part two on authority. We just dealt with the word name. Now we see what that is. And Yeshua did not give us a name. He gave us authority. In all of your Bibles that have name, it should be authority. If we don't cast out demons in a name, we cast them out with the authority that we walk in now because of what Yeshua, the last Adam, did in the process that he went through of death, burial, resurrection, then sending the Holy Spirit back, who brought back our authority, who brought back our dominion, who placed us back in the position of righteousness in relationship with the Father. Not name, authority. He didn't give me. Barashi 126 never said I'm, I want, I'm gonna give y'all a name to rule the earth. No, he said, I'm giving you dominion. That's, that's what was lost. I'm giving you dominion. You see, the, the, the character and the honor and reputation was lost also. But you got to have the character, reputation, and the honor to qualify to be invested with the authority. See, that's, that's huge right there. You have to possess the character, the honor, the glory, the reputation in order for authority to be invested. That's why Yeshua was the only one that had that already. And he simply took what he had and said, listen, you come to me. If any man thirsts, let him come unto me. No one can come to the Father unless the Holy, uh, he come through me and no one can come to me unless the Holy Spirit draw them. When you come to me, you'll be regenerated because I paid the price. I already I already got it straight. I don't bail you out. They have deleted your sinners. You have no more record of that if you come through me because I did what you couldn't do, you see. So we can't deny him. And he never said, okay, take your shoe. Here you go. Just put your shoe on your shirt and, and, and you're good to go. No, get this authority back that was given away by your original father. I'm giving you your authority back, giving you your dominion back giving you that righteousness back. That's that. That's what it's all about. But we've been told, in the name, in the name. I did it too, in the name. You know, I was just repeating what the Bible said. You know, in my belief system, I'm knowing I'm talking about the son of Elohim. It, so if it worked, that's why it worked. But we need to translate this stuff properly in order to have all the truth working on our behalf. All the truth, not parts of it to detox our belief system 
of the poisonous doctrine of colonization. The father, he don't, he don't want that. That's, and he has only given assignments to those who have the backbone and the guts to stand up for truth. So let's touch this. We'll start it. Uh, let's start it. All right. So authority, keys of the kingdom, authority. We're looking at this word authority. Let's get one in. All right. Here we're dealing with authority or power. Now, power is released based on the permission that's given by the authority that authorized that power to be released, you see. So Yeshua said in uh, Lucas, when he said, I give you power over all the power of the enemy, he was saying, I give you authority over all the ability of the enemy, you see. It, it, it's, it's translated wrong again. So don't go after the power. Make sure you understand and know your authority. The power is already present. The governor Holy Spirit is in every person who has been born again and became a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. The power is already there. The authority is a problem. Many don't know their authority and how to release and access the authority to the power that we need to dominate our lives, to dominate our circumstances, to dominate our situations, to walk in a dominant lifestyle, whereas popcorn and hot sauce with syrup poured over it is not dominating your appetite. You dominate that. Well, food don't rule you. You rule food. Whereas alcohol doesn't rule you, you rule it. Whereas tobacco and nicotine doesn't rule you, you rule it. Whereas sexual addictions and desires for people you're not married to don't rule you, you rule it. Pornography doesn't rule you, you rule it. Being hateful doesn't rule you, you rule it. Want to be a show off doesn't rule you, you rule it. Being full of pride doesn't rule you, you rule it. Want to be the, the top of the clown show doesn't rule you, you rule it. Taking control of your circumstances. Medication doesn't rule you, you rule it. You know, so we're going to stop there and we're going to get into authority in our next session because we have laid the foundation and um, it's, it's great. That's all I can tell you is great. It's going to unlock some things and really help you. Now, for those who are not, I mentioned uh, being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. If you haven't made that choice, make the choice. Holy Spirit dealing with you now. Just change the way you think. Ask him to forgive you for the rebellious lifestyle and believe in a lot of stuff. If you're born again, you've been walking in ignorance. You've been walking in traditions of religion. Uh, you got self-imposed ideals and things in you that you want out and you want to get it right. Get it right. He said, if you confess your rebellious acts, he'll forgive you. And cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Talking about the person already born again. And then if you never been born again, never been washed, never been regenerated, don't know anything about the Holy Spirit, you're rejecting him like many do, you can always change the way you think. And he'll forgive you and he'll accept it. All right. Love you much. And again, y'all, shalom, y'all. Be blessed.